Welcome to Awakening Genius. This is a podcast and community dedicated to your inspiration and your elevation so that you can live fully creatively expressed. I'm your guide, Dijon. Thanks for being here. Stay tuned in to get lifted. Before we get started today, I wanted to invite y'all into something very special. If you resonate with this energy that we're expressing here, then this is something that you will probably enjoy. It's an opportunity to deepen with our community and expand your current network of creatives. We now have a program here at Awakening Genius that is designed to help you embody the infinite creative potential that you have. We all have equal amounts of creative possibility living within us, and it's our work to embody it and ground it so that we can consciously co-create a world together. Now, some of us don't identify with the label artist, but being an artist is not about whether you express yourself through a specific medium like painting or drawing. Being an artist is the level of presence you hold when you do anything. That's why an original painting is infinitely more valuable than a print because the artist actually interacted with that painting and infused it with their energy and consciousness. Art is an energetic transmission and it's not limited to the things we traditionally think of as art. When your grandmother cooks you a meal and infuses it with love, that is artistry in action. So inside of the Awakening Genius container, You learn how to cultivate high vibrational energy into the temple of your body through yogic practices. And then you will practice wielding that energy through creative exercises with community and play shops led by a diverse range of creatives. So you can express your artistry however you choose to. If that sounds intriguing to you and you wanna learn more and you wanna deepen with us, go visit www.awakeninggenius.club The link is also in the show notes, so you can access it there. We're looking forward to building with you, and now let's get into the episode. Guest Emily Morm, look at those tattoos. Boom! <laughs> she has been a huge influence in my life. She is a, how would you call it? Like a, a vulnerability, like superhero. She's a heart ninja. <laughs> it's like a new level of feminine embodiment and mastery because in the masculine world, in the patriarchal system, like dominance is always outward. And in this world, in this new paradigm, Her mastery is with her internal world to create peace by really going inside to look at things inside of herself and shifting to create connection and just be present to everything that's that's blocking what we all want, which is love. Yes. Oh my God. I love the way that you recapped that. And my brand is like this heart and then it has the swords, Mm. right? Because the swords are here 
to cut through, in essence, whatever's stopping us from being in love. Mm. So that's, right, the fear, the judgment, the shame, the guilt that's either inflicted on us or that we inflict on ourselves. And then how can we bring out the medicine of cutting those ties and transmuting that energy to come back into the power of love? Boom. (laughs) (laughs) There it is. I think that the saying is, when I was young, I was ambitious and I tried to change the world. And now that I'm older and wise, I try to change myself. And that's also that shift from the masculine outward focus paradigm to the feminine inward focus paradigm because anything you want to shift first has to start on the inside at the level of being you have to embody a different way of being to create a shift in your outer reality and that's not to say that action isn't important because it's on the mental and energetic level first and then on the action level but the mental and energetic comes first the receptivity Yeah. And the step of the awareness piece, I just want to be authentic and honest with you. There's ways that I felt intimidated by you, that you're better at your business or you have a level of eloquency that I don't have. Again, all these stories that you, that your reflection brings up in me. Mm. So it's the awareness and then the ownership piece And then underneath that, it's, oh, wow, that's my own inadequacy stuff of not feeling good enough. And that's the deeper layer of like, how can I work my inadequacy issues to recognize I'm just as powerful in my own and beautiful and worthy as Dijon is? Yes. Thank you for that vulnerability. And that's an example of Emily's superpower is just like speaking directly to whatever she's feeling. And that's so brave because it puts you like on the same level as the person and really exposes your humanity. And I'm really grateful that you shared that. And I've learned so much from you. Like I took Emily's class. I can't remember the name of it. What was that? Do you remember? Yeah. Relationship essentials. Relationship essentials. And not to invalidate what you were saying in any way, but I could totally reverse what you're saying about the way you live your life because you're so um, liberated and sexually free and just like unabashedly yourself. And since my last relationship, it's been a real challenge for me to connect with people in a really intimate way. A lot comes up for me and I'm able to like understand more like what's going on and like when my rejection wounds are getting triggered. And I've been doing a lot of deep work to heal relationship with my parents but I wouldn't have been able to get to that place were it not for your example and your Facebook live videos and the relationship essentials course. They all helped me start to unlock what was keeping me stuck. And when you tell me about going on dates and all your different lovers, I'm like, I want that. I need to learn (laughs) these skills better so I can awaken that aspect of myself. So it definitely is a symbiotic thing for me. Oh, beautiful. That really opens my heart hearing that. And I love that. I love that we, when we can be vulnerable and honest with each other, it just takes us into this beautiful resonance of a shared humanity where we meet in the heart. Yes. And we're so longing for that. We're longing to be seen and held and loved and honored. And when we take out the better than, less than paradigm, 
or hierarchical, like I know more, therefore I'm the teacher, now you're the student, or I'm right, righteousness, and you don't know as much. Like that to me is like where I get the swords out. Because I want to meet in our humanity. I want to meet in the realness and be like, yeah, I have skills and tools, but I'm also just as human as you are. I'm not perfect. I have limitations. And through all of that, I'm willing to show the fuck up and have the courage to shine a light of love on whatever it is, you know? Mm. Uh Oh, yeah. I think that this is the new paradigm. We as a culture, like worship celebrities because we have this idea that they're perfect. Right, this image. This image stuff. And there, all these things are double-edged swords because there's nothing wrong with making beautiful art or taking beautiful pictures or wearing beautiful clothes. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you're only reflecting that part of yourself, like that's the only part that exists, it creates these unrealistic expectations of life that these people have a a, a better life than you so much FOMO so what I really admire about the way you show up is the way you blend the swag and the vulnerability and I feel like I do that also because they're interconnected right Emily has just got out of a five-year relationship recently and she was also business partners with this person and in their separation she began to start her own business and rebuild herself from the ground up So as she was stepping into her process, she was sharing it openly with everyone. Like she had this really powerful Facebook live video where she was like crying and like walking around the room and being like, I know I want more money. I know what I want out of life. I don't know how I'm going to get it. This is coming up for me. I'm scared, but I'm going to do it anyways. And it was just, it was like, Like, like I I was exposing my core fears. Right. And the one piece that's really a big core fear of mine is if I'm truly myself, in how I relate and how I show up, that's going to destroy my reputation and my career and that people won't trust me and come toward me and want to work with me. Mm. Because I am, like if I'm really fiercely in my truth, I'm a pioneer of the new paradigm, which is innately, I'm challenging a lot of stuff that's taboo in the realms of sexuality, in the realms of spirituality. I'm like this, I have like my sword it's probably like a lightsaber sword Mm. because it's boom. And like when that light comes in, anything that's like where we have that judgment, like sex is dirty or it's not okay to share your sexual energy or like it's all that stuff in the conditioning. It's like when we shine that light, we are going to get people that reject us, people that shun us, people that make us wrong, people that criticize us. And part of the being a powerful, empowered person is I'm going to, even though that's going to happen, I'm still going to fiercely step up into myself and be that light anyway. Yes. Beautiful. And I'm recognizing, I'm saying that right now, and I know that to be truth, and I'm still pushing my edge to Mm. embody that. Mm. I'm not fully, I just want to say, that's the vulnerability piece. Like, I know that, but I'm not fully integrated there. Mm. And I'm okay that I'm not fully integrated there. And... I expand my edge into that truth to embody that every, I try to do that every moment. And what that is usually getting on Facebook Live and going, wow, this feels like something that I shouldn't share. Oh, yeah. That's how you're pushing the edge. Yeah. 
And that right there is, that's my growth edge to expand more into the embodiment of my message, my service and who I am. Beautiful. And it's scary. I can imagine. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I've been doing Facebook lives for a long time and I know the process of like, how much do I expose myself? At this point, I feel pretty comfortable just expressing what's what I'm going through. And for the most part, I share myself, like my full self. There are probably things I could go in there and, and get deeper on. But I'm curious, like this alternate mode of relating that you're describing, when did you recognize yourself as like different? And what was the process of you accepting that about yourself? Well, I just want to be vulnerable. I've been pretty much like practicing open relating since 23. I'm 36 now. And I've always kept it hidden and behind the scenes. One, because it was like, I didn't fully like embody that part of myself. Like I felt different. I felt like what's wrong with me or like society won't understand. So I'm just going to kind of hide and repress this part of me. And then I was in relationships where I was constantly accommodating so that they could feel safe and comfortable. So I wasn't fully allowing that piece to be liberated in me in those couple strategies. And so now, honestly, now that I'm out of this kind of committed relationship, I'm starting to be like, wow, who am I? If I really am truthful with myself, who am I without somebody inflicting an agenda on me without the conditioning of what's or okay. Like, even though I feel so different, it's that thing, Dijon, it's like how to be a legend is to how to be your full self, embody that even when it's so different, even when it's something like so different. And that, what I want to say is I could cry because I've seen you see that in me. Since you met me, I see that you've seen that in me and saying, you just be yourself. You just be yourself. And you, that's your medicine. Just be yourself. And there was a way that I, you could tell I was still playing small. And I needed to get out of this relationship to actually really come back into that sovereignty. Mm. You know, and embody that. And I'm still working on it. Thank and I, you. Felt, I felt you holding me in that, like the, the acceptance piece and the compassion because you saw it. But you also, if you would just be like giving me that, shining that light hmm. and holding the acceptance piece. And then now, now, now that I'm more in myself, you're like, okay, now she's ready. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And that's a beautiful share. And it's relationships are such incredible spiritual paths. And one of the things that's helped me navigate relationships and the pain that they can bring up is reframing them as spiritual paths because a lot of us look at them and i know i did as a drug to numb us from the pain we experience in the world and it's actually the battleground or the container in which you transmute those things yes when it's you can interpret what someone says in so many ways and just to speak to what you said about your relationship and I intuitively feel this to be true is it's not your partner's fault the way things were like, it's not my partner's fault for my last relationship. It's just, if you're not showing up in your full self to accommodate their safety, that's not helping them grow and recognize that their safety comes from within. 
which is ultimately an empowering thing because if it comes from within, it can't be taken from you. And also just being your best self. If you're not being your best self to accommodate somebody, it's not really love, right? Love is wanting someone to be their best self and wanting for them what they want for themselves. Yes. It's not, I give you this. Now you give me that. That's a transaction, you know? Exactly. And what's scary to most of us is if we, if, cause that feels like a huge truth bomb is like love is actually, I want you to be fully yourself and I want to celebrate and honor whatever that is. Even if that means that I don't get my way, even if that means that I don't get what I want, like the transaction. And sometimes what that means is facing our abandonment wound of maybe the trans the relationship might need to transition. Yeah. And what happens is we hit that and we go into our survival core stuff and then we do whatever we can to not face it. And then that's what keeps us in these sort of like looping relationships. And then we then the stories of we'll work it out or we've been together this long. This is just a phase or like I'm gonna all the stories that justify why we should not end it or why we should not transition. Yeah, I 100% can relate to that because I've been in that situation. I'm sure everyone has. And I got to a new level of peace in that because this woman that I've told you about several times that I consider to be my twin flame and I had a, or have a somewhat avoidant, anxious attachment style. Yeah. And it's been like that pretty much our whole time we've known each other and we haven't dated for a few years and even though we've like matured so much because we've both done so much work there's still like a thread of that energy where i always feel like i'm chasing her energy and the lesson is we were talking the other day and i still felt that way and i'm just like there's so many people in my life that are proactive about telling me how much they love me and how great i am so it's not even about her it's about the energy. It's like, why am I choosing to connect with that energy? If you depersonalize it, it's not about this person. It's just about a frequency that says, you have to chase after this frequency, or this frequency is like, hey, Dijon, you're great. I love you and want to support you. Like, why do I tune into the frequency that I have to chase after? And that's a, an unworthiness thing, or it's like playing into a rejection wound and like, when I got off the phone and realized I was feeling that, at first I was like, oh, I'm going to go for a bike ride. It's a nice day. I don't want to feel bad. And I was like, wait, emotions <laughs> don't just go away. They're there for a reason. They carry information. So let me take in the information that this emotion is bringing. And I did. And I recognized it was uh, not enoughness or wanting validation or like wanting her to be like, shift her behavior to validate that I'm a good person or whatever. And then I was like, I don't need that. I don't need that. I know I'm a good person. I love myself. I'm human. And I don't need to learn this lesson that way anymore. Wow. You know? powerful. It wasn't like, cause the difference is when I was in the relationship, I'd be like, I don't need that in my life, which is not coming at it from a grounded place. <laughs> right. It's like right, right, right. pushing it away. And this time I was like, yeah, thanks for that reflection. And this thinking, I was like, I don't need to learn that lesson anymore. Not in that way. I'm good on that. Which is, which is when you actually heal something. 
Mm. When there's the neutrality to it. That's it. Then the reaction is no longer there. And there's the embodiment of that peace inside of yourself, regardless of anyone giving you that outside of yourself. Mm. And that's what I really heard is I'm human, but I know that I'm a good person. Yeah. And I don't need to keep chasing after something of trying to get something to feel good about myself or chasing after something to try to get a certain experience to feel fulfilled or happy or feel good about myself. Yeah. And often we keep doing that until we get the lesson. Yes. And I'm really hearing it's, it's, I hear the improvement and it's getting better and better and you're still tracking. Oh, wow. There's that pursuer like going externally. Okay. Oh, come on back home. Come Come on on back. Yeah. And that's a, it's also a control thing, right? Like totally the, the, when you're vibrating an ego and you say, this thing is going to give me the feeling that I want, instead of trusting that life will always provide the highest thing for you if you just relax and allow it to be. Yeah. You know? I've been doing a really cool, powerful practice that's pretty sounds pretty vulnerable, but I'd love to share it. Yeah. Yeah. Please. <clears throat> so now that I'm single and out there dating. I've been dating someone that I'm really into and there's a really powerful connection and we just vibe on so many levels as artists, like our mentality, our consciousness, like we just vibe really well. But the nature of the relationship is we can only see each other like four times a month. So it's not very much, right? And there's this part of me that goes into, I'm not getting my way. I'm not getting what I want. I'm not getting how more time And I get really angry about that. And Mm. I feel this sense of abandonment. And if he did only did this, we could make it work. Like all these stories. And so what I've been doing is like sitting with it and sitting with like upwelling the grief and upwelling this feeling of loss and like the longing that I'm feeling and just like coming into a place of as I move through those like emotions, I've been allowing it out. And I'll say stuff like, I just really... I love you. I love what you invoke in me. I love the feelings that you bring me. I love the medicine that we share. I love how you see the artist that I am. And what I'm doing is I'm literally saying those things while touching myself. This is the practice I've been doing. Mm. Emoting, feeling the pain, and then celebrating what it is that he's invoking in me while I'm touching myself. Mm. So it's like this deep self-loving practice and recognizing it's not about him. Right. It's the medicine of what he's invoking inside of myself that I am amplifying and that I am up-leveling and that I'm, I am like really empowering. Beautiful. I love that. I love that. And I definitely will try that. That, found, that feels like a really good embodiment practice for me because a big part of my work after that relationship was to bring more consciousness and discernment with who I shared my sexual energy with one, and then also to break an addiction to porn two, And then it was so much like my body was telling me that I needed to do those things so badly that it would like almost feel like painful and like super depleting when I would ejaculate. And I would just be like, spirit really doesn't want me to be doing this in this way now. Powerful. So now I don't even, I don't even really masturbate. Like I don't at this point in my life, or if I don't ejaculate just because the 
that energy is so special. I don't feel like people really understand. I know I didn't how powerful sexual energy is. Like you can literally bring a soul from another dimensional plane of existence into this dimensional plane of existence with that creative energy, literally. That's power. And you can create anything else you want as well. But we're also human and like we're embodied and we are supposed to use our bodies for fun. And I feel like that is a big part of the human experience. So the way you just described feels like a really conscious way to play with that sexual energy and use it to heal, which I feel like it can be the most healing thing there is if you use it properly. Like if you're watching this low vibe porn, then that's one way to use it. You're literally like allowing lower vibrational energies to suck onto you and deplete you. But this feels like a super conscious way to deal with your stuff and focus on appreciation, focus on the positive. It's beautiful. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's so powerful because what I'm doing is using my pleasure and my pain to source myself. Mm. Like I take it through the, 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 the loss and what I'm not getting and let it break my heart open. Mm. Like really just feel that. And underneath that is just this longing to share what we have and what he invokes in me, which is he's super artistic. And we just like the way he taught, we write, write each other romantic, sexual poetry. It's so beautiful. Mm. I've never met a man that like literally like his writing and his poetry and how he thinks and like the way he expresses it openly. I'm like, that's so beautiful. And so now he's lit at this flame where I'm now like, I'm writing like erotic storytelling. Dude, you're, that's like definitely a future for you as being an erotic storyteller. And I'm just like, he's like, and he'll send messages at 3.30 in the morning and be like, I just woke up, looked out at the moon, and I, I felt this longing for you. And then I'll wake up at three and read that. And then I'll have an hour of inspiration of an erotic encounter. And I'll write all of that down about like my body and what it wants to do. And then I'll share that. And I've been buzzing off of that for a week. Mm. So that's the piece that he's invoked in me. And yeah, I don't get as much time, but what I want to celebrate is he has lit this energy of pleasure and of inspiration and of like sh how beautiful it is to share, share that turn on. Mm. As a human species, we've dimmed down our turn on, right? Like we've mm. dimmed down the way of expressing, like for example, right now when I look at you, I feel literally my heart aflame and I like feel it open and I feel how that yellow just sparks you and I feel my body feel open and safe to move toward you. I want that. I want us to be able to feel safe, mm. to share that level of how we light each other up. Yes. I want that too. And we're doing it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, such a beautiful share. Yeah, just you being yourself and sharing your life experience is such medicine. I know it is for me, and I'm imagining that it is for everyone listening as well. And yeah, I'm just really honored by your presence. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I, I want to riff off that other piece of maybe a difference in the masculine-feminine orgasm. Because a man, like when he orgasms, it can be a dissipation of energy, like mm -hmm. it's build up release. And so these practices of tantric 
practices, we're using the energy to build up pleasure and circulate it. Yes. Right. And circulate it up the Kundalini channels without the necessarily the need to let go of that semen. But with women, it's, it's straight the opposite, right? It's like straight, like the more we open our orgasm, the more we open our pleasure, we're opening like our Shakti. We're opening, we're multi-orgasmic. The more we open our orgasm, the more energy we actually open in ourself and to life itself. Yes. A hundred percent. I've been doing these, I call them Shakti invocation sessions. So it's very aligned that you're mentioning that. And I just provide an experience for women to feel safe and open. And I have a crystal biomat and incenses and chocolate and fruit and certain music that I play and sound bowls and tuning forks and coconut oil massage. And it's incredible. And part of me stepping back from sexuality was to master my own sexual energy so that when I show up in those sessions... I'm not being guided by my own desire. Like I'm being guided by serving the opening of this woman. And I, of course I can be turned on, like I'm a human being. If I experience like attraction to a beautiful woman who's reaching orgasmic states, that's normal. Yeah. But I just did a session with a friend, a new friend the other day, and it was unique in this way that normally when I do it, I'm providing this experience for the woman and she's having a good time and I'm conscious of what's going on. Like I'm observing her and I'm like, oh, it seems like she likes it when I touch here. I'm going to do that more. But this time I had many experiences of unconsciousness going into the zero point that happens when you meditate. When you meditate sometimes and you wake up out of the meditation and you're not sure how long you've been meditating because you got to the no mind state. That happened in our experience multiple times. Like we went into the quantum field. And when when we were finished, there was like a long period of silence. And we both just laid there for a long time. And then she was like, do you know what you did? What did you do? Do you know what you did? Can you teach me that? And I was like, what was your experience? And she said that she relived multiple instances of sexual trauma that she had buried and she was going into them and she could feel herself reliving them and she would start to get reactive and be like, I don't want to, I don't want to do that. And then there was another voice that was beyond that said, Dijon is safe. This is the reason why you two met stay. And she stayed. And then at first she said she put a, like a thing of white light around her to protect her from the the vampiric energy that was in her field. And she felt safe, but also they were still there. Like she could just see them standing there looking at her. And this is like something that happens in our community, which is essentially spiritual bypassing. Like you go into your own bubble and you're like, I don't care what's out there. And then she had this realization that these zombies are vampires, whatever. They were in need of her heart light. And her heart light was the most powerful thing. So she could give it to them and share it with them and not be in fear of being taken or engulfed because that was the power. They didn't have the power. She had the power. So she said she relived like three different sexual like assaults basically and transmuted them and just like, and our level of intimacy just like 
like we just shot into another plane after that. Wow. And I've never experienced anything to that degree before. And I'm wow. so grateful for the experience. Wow, so powerful. And I, I want to celebrate that you created that safe space for her and the honesty piece of like when that started coming up in her field, the first thing is like, is right, again, push away, hold it like apart, don't feel that, right? And the nature of trauma is it only clears from our field when we're willing to relive it mm. and go back into it and actually create a new experience through it. Mm. That's the thing is it doesn't just in, by intellectual understanding, you have to actually go inside of it, refeel those feelings, and then also be able to re, I want to say reprogram it, having another experience, which is again, she recognized that she could feel that they could be there. She could enter that space and feel safe and to know that she could transmute that energy through actually sharing her heart light. Yes. Oh. She, what she said that she got to go through it and be there in the trauma state and recognize she, she was the power, right? Mm. Where the old thing was, is the trauma was I'm a victim and I don't have my power because it's being taken from me. And I have to protect myself. But that, that's but she had to went back in and she could have really said the same thing of no, I'm not going to go into that. No, just stay away. Stay away. Right, I'm not right. giving my power. But she did something different. Mm. The vulnerability. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I'm so glad you get it so clearly. It's so powerful. I have one client. This is really powerful shit. I've worked with her at, at, at Glide Memorial. We are facilitators. And she was gang raped a month and a half ago in San Francisco. Like really traumatic. She's an underground DJ. Mm. And she was out late at night in the city and she was abducted and, and they given GHB and ketamine and she woke up and had semen inside of her and just like really traumatic, mm. really traumatic. And she's got a past of being abused. So it ignited that trauma and she went into a pretty serious PTSD state and started hallucinating that people were after her, mm -hmm. um, tapping her phone lines, tapping really big trauma stuff. And I've been working with her and her psychologist because like she trusts me and we've really, I'm hearing her when she starts talking about the entities, when she starts talking about the people tapping her phone lines, I hear her, I validate her. And I go, I tell her, I said, baby, when you go into protecting and going into checking your phone and changing your passwords, you, they have won. I'm like, do you want to have them win by giving your power away like that? Mm. I said, that's a hard thing to deliver. Yeah. Yeah. And she got it. She's like, I said, you can give them the best way to, to be is, is to shine that love and light upon them and to not collude into trying to manipulate them or change them or into what they want from you. Don't give your power away. Don't be a sponge for the dark. Be a mirror for the light. Mm. Don't be a sponge for the dark. Be a mirror for the light. Wow, that is, that's gold right there. And she got, she started crying mm. and she's, I want to get back to this. I, I am this love. They mm. don't need to take my power. And so now it's, she's starting to rebuild. And I know that it's powerful. Even after a serious trauma, she's starting to come back online. Wow. That was a deep share right there. Thank you. Yeah. Wow. 
I can already feel in my body that we've moved through a lot of things, a very powerful conversation. Thank you for going to this place with me. And I also like to keep these episodes short so that people can process things and give people the the ability to just take in small amounts of information. So I feel like that is, (laughs) that's enough. (laughs) Um, But thank you so much for coming on to share. And maybe you would like to share how people can work with you further if they're inspired by what you've had to say. Yeah. Thanks, Dijon. This has been awesome. Yeah. I, that, that's a lesson for me because I tend to be like, I'm so lit. I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> it's like integration, right? Mm-hmm. So I, people can find me on Facebook and Instagram. I'm known as Heart Ninja. That's kind of like my brand. You can find me at heartninja.net. And right now what I'm the most lit up around is I am offering a three-month program for women that are ready to live liberated in their truth, purpose, sensuality, while also thriving in connection, intimacy, and communication. Mm. So how do we live from that sovereignty and that empowerment and that sourcefulness inside? And then how do we thrive in our intimate connections around us? Because often the women do it the other way. It's all about everything outside of ourselves, right? Mm. Yeah. Wonderful. And so I have six spots left. I'm pretty lit. I know it's, it's going to fill up pretty quick. It starts on Valentine's Day. And, it's, and what I'm basically offering is if you feel inspired by my medicine or by my website or by my message is to fill out an application and let's talk. Thank you so much. If you're feeling inspired to work with Emily, I just invite you to do it. She's magical as you can see she's really can handle these realms with such grace and clarity so emily thank you so much for coming i also have a program right now program so if my medicine and my being is of service to you please reach out you can find me at dijon bowden on instagram (laughs) all right emily thanks for being here i'll talk to you soon thank you okay I hope you enjoyed that episode of Awakening Genius and that you feel closer to embodying your full creative expression. If you like what we're doing here, leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Connect with us on social media at Awakening Genius. And if you want to go deeper into anything we talked about on this episode, you can go to awakeninggenius.club. This is Dijon. Much love. Peace.